three, two, one. Okay. Hello, everybody. It's Chapo, Thursday, uh, June 30th. Uh, we are back. And I would just like to say at the top of the show, um, just in solidarity with uh, anyone who was fired for voicing this opinion, but um, I say this as a lifelong New Yorker, uh, bodegas suck. And you can quote, you can take that to the bank. That's a no, moment no, of no. Uh-uh. If you speak against <laughs> bodegas, it must be known that you will be compromised to a permanent end. We cannot allow bodega slander to persist. We can't let people think that uh, having food deserts is not actually like authentic subaltern identity and it's racist for you to point it out. It's actually good. Like all the terrible things capitalism does, they actually <laughs> give you identity. So they're good. And if you say otherwise in a TikTok, we will put you in a fucking cannon and fire you into the Hudson River. I mean, they're all right. I mean, you know, they're all right. I mean, it's convenient to, you know, have a place to get uh, beer or, you know. All the dude said was it's not a grocery store, (laughs) which it is not. You can't get fresh fruits and vegetables and like produce in it. Uh, What about cats? You can. Yeah, you can get like you can get like a dusty cabbage. You get like a dirty carrot. You can get a. You can get. You can get a sticky tomato that's kind of deflated. I just. Um. I. I don't really give a shit. I mean, like, I get mad every time like a guy or a girl gets fired over something like this. Like, it does. It does upset me, but it's like you know that's not really going to change. Well, I mean, you you uh fuck you go if you're on TikTok, you're already kind of uh begging to get owned. Yeah, you kind of you kind of everyone's insane fired, but um. I'm more mad uh, at uh, just another another party um, doing something I did four years ago again. <laughs> I mean, I was the first guy to talk about bodegas and be like these. I, no one talked about how they were bad before me. It's true. Felix broke the, the was, tone of yeah, silence around bodegas. Some would call me the Jackie Robinson of the bodega. Some would say <laughs> I've called myself that. So it's just a, it's a little bit of, a little bit of house cleaning at the top of the show. Just thought I would uh, correct the record. Um, bodegas actually are are not cool and a fun place to do your shopping, uh, despite the fact that they do have cats sitting on most of the products, which I understand it, ha- it has some charm to it, but it's really not a substitute for uh, an actual grocery store. Uh, okay. Kicking off the show today, I would like to begin with uh, an- another mild correction. Um, just, you know, my bad. I'll eat some crow. After all the shit I talked about the uh, January 6th committee hearings, um, I have to take it back now because they did expose to the American public and the world that Donald Trump throws burgers. He threw burger. <laughs> he threw burger. He threw burger. And he tried to grab a steering wheel. Well, he apparently not. I don't know. No. Uh, <laughs> unless you go on the record, who gives a shit? Well, I, it's you're funny, not, the, if you're uh, not under oath, it doesn't fucking matter what you say. It barely does if you are. I just want to. Uh, this is from the New York Times. Uh, he flung his lunch across the room, smashing the plate in a fit of anger as ketchup dripped down the wall. He appeared to endorse supporters who wanted to hang his own vice president. And in a scene laid out by a former aide that seemed more out of a movie than real life, he tried to wrestle away the steering wheel of his presidential vehicle and lunged at his own Secret Service agent. Hell, I mean, Matt, you're um, like, I mean, just does anyone else like I, I guess I'll be the one who says it. Doesn't it kind of make him look good? You know, not I mean, like yeah. not like it's not good to do those things. But we previously thought he was just doing this thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm I'm going to get my mouth breathing supporters really angry and then let them get arrested. And it's like, no, he was trying to get coronated as like the king of the of the room temperature water brains. And they wouldn't let him. They, they committed <laughs> mutiny against an American president by not letting him go to like the handsome capital party. <laughs> and I tried I, to go arrested, and they wouldn't let him. And it's it is it does kind of reflect well on him on a moral uh, stance, some way. It's, no, yeah, he actually he he had the courage of his convictions, at least you know as much as his fat little arms would carry him. But which is more than we thought before. Yeah, yeah. I will say this though to echo the concerns of law professor Jonathan Turley, um, when he demanded that the Secret Service turn that limo around. How come they disobeyed a direct order from the commander in chief? I think I think it's something I think maybe another committee hearing on that issue uh, is worth I mean, bringing you up. Could say that it is like a counter coup there. But at the same time, the Secret Service does get like ultimate authority over the president's safety. Like the president, in order to protect him, they can kind of ignore what he wants. 
Yeah, and it's also like, hey, take me to this unregulated riot site where like God <laughs> knows who has guns and like who doesn't. Like, no, it's like, yeah, no, no one is following that order. And also like ignoring that, like ignoring the fact that it's just like an unregulated riot scene where people are armed. If he had gone, he really like he would be in prison now. That is like the one thing he could have done that would have actually put him in prison. Yeah. Um. I. I. I'll notice that the, the Secret Service does appear to be doing some damage control on this. And uh, I mean, like there's there's one one Secret Service agent that said he's willing to testify that Trump did not try to grab the steering wheel. But I think it's telling. Um. The uh. What what they've said to the media. Um. Just reading here from Yahoo News. Former President Donald Trump would have had to squeeze through, quote, an extremely tight space to be able to grab the steering wheel of his SUV and lunge at a Secret Service agent, as former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson testified Tuesday. It's not impossible, one former Secret Service agent said, but it's also not likely for the six foot three, nearly 250 pound Trump, who the agent noticed is noted is not the most agile human being. Trump's not a little guy, right? And the space to be able to actually lunge towards the wheel is not that big, the former agent said, speaking on background to Insider. I don't mean to sound disparaging to the former president, but just his girth would prevent him from actually getting to the steering wheel. With all due respect, the president is too much of a fat old weakling to have been able to do that. I got to give the Democrats credit for this. So Roe versus Wade gets overturned on Monday and everyone's like, holy shit. And they turn to the Democrats, and of course, they have nothing. They can't have nothing. And then they get, you know, they sing the God Bless America, and uh, they have some poems. They busted out two poems. That's how you know it was really serious. <laughs> they had Pelosi read the, the, ID, the IDF war criminal poem, and then they had Amanda Gorman bust out that, that ooh, sub-lyrical miracle type uh, uh, poem. Like they had during the revolution. It was uh, one if by land, two if by sea. Uh, the terrible poems. But they have it's other than that's like, what do you do? What are you here for, Democrats? And the answer is they go behind the counter and they're like, uh, we got a, a super special edition of the January 6th show with new revelations. And everyone's like, oh, look at you. You're just trying to distract us from Roe versus Wade. This is so fucking cynical. And then, yeah, uh, he threw burger and it's like, God damn it. They know what they're doing. They're showmen, if nothing else. And what are we doing? We're like, we love it. Oh, man, talking about Trump and his burgers and, and getting his sticky little hands on the wheel of a, steer, a steering wheel and then him freaking out about it and saying things on uh, Truth Social about Kate Hutchinson like uh, bad handwriting, that of a wacko, <laughs> that of a wacko. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, they brought it all back. It's like, it's OK. Rover, what about Roe? I, I, I'm feeling like uh, the waters of Nepenthe just like wash me clear of any kind of anxiety. And now I here I am just. Just having fun with the big wet boy. And that's all thanks to the Democrats. Kudos to them. Yeah. I mean, I got to say that making him post the first good truths ever. <laughs> I mean, I this really is the party of Hollywood. Yeah. No one's there. There have been no good truths up to this point. All the truths have been like the Republican <laughs> version of uh, the Mueller investigation where it's like, yeah. oh, did you know that Glenn Simpson actually knew Greg Zamorphy? It's true. I bet, oh, yeah, the thing that they were saying wasn't true. Glenn Simpson and Greg Zamorphy actually were partners in in, in Merry Go Round LLC. <laughs> this blows the whole thing open, like just saying shit like that. But now he's posted truths that were exactly why we why we remember him on Twitter so much. Yep, handwriting of a out of a wacko, really, a wacko. Where, really great. Where where are you going to get that sort of genius Yoda like elocution from then from Trump? It's amazing. <laughs> That of a wacko. Um, I was name uh, Casey Hutchinson, though, Matt, uh, you pointed this out. I think you're correct. Um, she should be brought up on perjury charges for claiming that she tried to help a White House valet clean ketchup off the Lincoln bedroom wall. No, yeah, no way. <laughs> yeah. You joined the White, you joined the Trump White House because you just love helping out the working man. Like, like, like half of the fun is it like putting lit cigarettes out on valets. Uh, I, it's like ever since I've, I heard about the burger, bur, the burger throwing, the burger tantrum. Because I mean, I mean, burgers have defined so much of his presidency. So, so yeah, much I mean, of our reality. Sense. I mean, they define the country. They should define the presidency. Yeah. Um, burgers I, all the I, way down. <laughs> ever since I heard about the burger tantrum, all I've been thinking of is uh, remember the uh, the pickle race from Billy Madison, where they all just wet with pickles at a uh, fucking glass window and watch them like, yep. slide down. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of like burgers just sliding down the wall of like the portrait of John F. Kennedy in the White House. Yes. Just then leaving a nice, nice snail trail of ketchup just as it slides greasily onto the floor. 
They're never, as I said before, they're never, even though uh, Brandon has been there for two and a, a year and a half now, they absolutely still have the burger smell in all the curtains. There's no way that place doesn't just smell like ketchup. Uh, so, yeah, like, um, kudos to the Democrats uh, for providing us, you know, with more, um, you know, I mean, he's going to jail now, folks. I oh, mean, yeah, like, it's over. He's, he's, he's going to jail. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's, oh, it's curtains for Trump. I mean, do you think that, like, uh, uh, his 2024 prospects will be dinged at all? I mean, I, I keep hearing about DeSantis or whatever, but DeSantis nah. is... He's not putting truths like that of a wacko. He's well, not like putting to, stuff like putting fire like that out everybody there. Everybody who thinks DeSantis can win doesn't realize that if DeSantis runs against Trump, then Trump's entire body, mind, and soul, his incredible power, like his Sauron-like energy and ability to like focus attention will be on destroying Ron DeSantis. He will be yeah. Jeb Bushed. You think he can stand against this, this guy who looks like a fucking Sharpay being taught algebra? <laughs> is known for me by maybe like a third of the U.S. population, mostly the complete uh, politics poisoned dorks who don't even make up a majority of primary voters. Nah, Trump will squash him in the off event that DeSantis like squeaked by with a win. He would be I mean, it would be fucking 1992. He's not winning the presidential election. Brandon wins. Brandon wins like a plurality election with 47 percent of the vote to DeSantis is like 26 percent. And then Trump's 23 yep. percent because Trump isn't letting Trump that just running? happen. Yeah. Why would Trump not run against him? What would stop him? Oh, I want to make sure Republican wins because I care about their agenda being passed. Yeah, there's no uh, way. There's no fucking way. Yeah. And yeah, De DeSantis is governor signing statement like DeSantis is governor um, you know, we already made the comp of Josh Hawley uh, hallway to uh, Elizabeth Warren. Right. Yeah. But DeSantis has a lot of the similar thing where he takes whatever Internet thing of the week among like conservative mm -hmm. yep. politics freaks and does like an executive order or rushes a bill through the how to Florida uh, state house and state Senate really quickly. But that is that resonates like lead with the majority of, yes, even presidential primary voters. Mm hmm. Yep. They don't care. They care about the big, beautiful boy telling them about how they have big dumps. Not him. You. <laughs> Not me. You. At this point, don't we know that that's what we all really want out of this is some entertainment. And yes, DeSantis does provide a type of entertainment. This like the just the pure resentment thing of like watching your enemies unhappy. Uh, but that's a that's a less exalted form. And as long as we're still having these things carried out in public for, a, you know, an audience of of spectators. They're going to go for the fucking razzle-dazzle, man, over policy and a coherent worldview. On policy, though, I just want to uh, uh, just a tip of the hat to uh, Dark Brandon, who a day <laughs> after sending Kamala Harris on TV to say that they won't uh, fuck with the filibuster to codify Roe, announced at like, the G7 summit that that's exactly what they're considering doing. So, I mean, like, I think... Uh, I mean, D D Wiley Dark Brandon, uh, I mean, his approval rating may be in the shitter, but like he's doing everything possible to prevent Kamala Harris from being the nominee. Oh, absolutely. And the, yeah, because like I think it should be stipulated. They're not going to do anything about the filibuster. But just the fact that now Brandon is going to gesture towards it before giving up and then leaves Kamala out there to dry with the do what now? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking meat wad moment where she just goes, do what now? Pop the balloon with the glass. Clearly, they don't. They want to beat him they, or they want to fend her off. But uh, I got to say, I think Brandon is missing the forest for the trees here. Uh, I really I hesitate to say this because I don't want to fucking get into the meme bullshit. And I certainly don't want to make it seem like any of this matters on a macro level. We're seeing what the Supreme Court is doing. You know, like the writing is on the roar. Walt, they're about to allow uh, independent state legislator yeah, doctrine. Gonna be, I mean, which yeah. would be like, I yep. mean, like the, the effect of I mean, they're going to hear it. They're going to hear a case that's going to uh, basically that is designed to, uh, you know, achieve this absolutely crackpot interpretation of the Constitution, which, you know, if if it were to pass hot, if hilariously, it would basically mean that states do not have to hold presidential elections like they can just not, decide not with results votes. that the state legislatures yeah. would be bound to accept. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, their uh, electors by by a vote of legislators and then send them in there, which means that the uh, legislatures of Pennsylvania, Michigan and Wisconsin, which are all Republican uh, and all of which ended up having to, because of the law, uh, submit slates of electors that had 
Biden winning in those states. Instead, you could have those legislatures get together, say, we have these uh, irregularities. And as a result, we're not recognizing this vote. I don't think they would even have to say that. I don't think they would even have to claim irregularities. I mean, I. They can like they. I think they probably would. The same reason that the Nazis put a fucking attack to like a a pol- fit, did a false flag attack on a Polish uh, border crossing before they invaded. Like you gotta, like yeah. people who are born in the system still feel like a reflexive adherence to it, even as they're destroying it. But like this is the path we're on. So who's president? Doesn't who's the demo? Who's going to be on the Democratic ticket? Is like this adorable question. But I honestly do think that uh, JB is no more. Just a meme. I honestly think that if Pritzker decided to actually go for it and put money behind it, like, you know, the money he has, that he absolutely would be take the nomination from Brandon, maybe even without a primary. I mean, well, uh, that, that yeah, that's the test in and of itself, though. Like, if he does right. that, then it shows that he has the will to go, OK, fuck the court. If I he mean, doesn't that, do that, yeah. he's just another fucking Democrat, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And the question, though, is that if a Democrat says fuck the court, he is going to do the thing that Democrats have been afraid to do, have refused to do, and the reason that they're stuck here, which is appeal to the people, you know? Like, that's what they cannot do. It's like the, uh, the Catalonian government not arming the workers after the, after the Franco is ro- rising, because then they're threatening their own position within the party. Uh, well, but, you know, JB, he's, uh, he's, He's basically uh, the Monopoly man. So maybe he decides to do his own like ego trip, but from the left. Um, Our Trump. Just a, no. Yeah, j- just a little funny, funny thing here. Do you know the name of the Pritzker's holding company that held Hyatt Hotels and Carnival Cruise Line? What? <laughs> what? Ma- Mammon Holdings. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I love I always love that. That always it always showed to me that the Pritzker's had a sense of humor that these other fucks like the Waltons don't have. Well, I mean, I, I know. I mean, just purely for for gambling purposes, uh, Matt is willing to to make his pick for you know the long shot big boy, the the the, I would the just large like to lad. Make a direct prediction JB. once. I've never done it. I only get owned for my bad predictions. I don't make them for that reason. And here's one where, damn, if I knew how to use the internet and like a Tor browser, I would go <laughs> to a website and the inter- in another country that allows you to bet on political outcomes, and I would go fucking long i would get i would get the longest odds they have and i would just put us money on it but i don't know how to do that i so i guess i won't but i'll put we, it out we here literally instead. this is smooth jimmy apollo's lock of the <laughs> of the year we literally would just have to go to canada for you to do that <laughs> oh really okay because yeah. i can, the more i think about it the more i mean not only do you have the fact that he's got the money to buy the name recognition he needs because like that's the thing that keeps that's going to keep Brandon from beating off any challenges that challengers is, is that there's no machine to make national democratic figures anymore as anything other than boogeymen. So they can't, that can't come naturally. It has to be, uh, seeded with cash basically, which would not only allow him to buy public, uh, awareness, but even more importantly, it would allow him to buy, uh, the influence and uh, secure the, uh, cooperation of all of the, apparatchiks within the democratic party and its consultant networks and its media arm like msdnc and assure them hey i know why you guys went against bernie it's because you you were afraid he was going to fire you i am going to give you a raise and he'd be able to run as an outsider but not from outside the party like bernie did which made all the of the of the identitarian democrats like people who identify as democrats like uh come together and build a shield wall he can run as an outsider from dc and from the branded administration and be able to be like, I'm the I'm all I'm all the good stuff you like about the Democrats that's left and all of the Brandony stuff. That's all in D.C. Because remember, we haven't had a fucking governor since Clinton on the Democratic side. And also, governor, governor, governors are the last likable Democrats in the entire country yes. because the governor <laughs> is always the guy in the state who is the biggest surface area wise and bakes the best <laughs> handshakes. That is yep. typically the case. J.B. is. God, he's got intangibles. I feel like I'm watching the NFL draft when I talk about him. <laughs> he is gigantic. Just in terms of size, probably the biggest one we've ever seen that the Democrats have ever produced. I don't know how they, 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 they've never gotten close to the surface area that JB produces. He is, to put it lightly, not an intellectual. That is huge. We have two things that Democrats are not at the same time, right? They're either fat or they're stupid. They're not both. When they're both, that's huge. That's what America wants. Third, 
Um, he he like vaguely do, he actually does like most of the things he says he will do. That is insane. No one else does that. Those three things. He is my number one draft pick. Has okay. Here, here's a question: Has has JB ever been a lawyer or gone to law school? Ah, oh, God. Uh, let me let me look. I. Because I mean, like, I, that's I think that's a huge handicap for like. I mean, I feel like most Democrat, most pol- most politicians of any party now are all just like former lawyers or like they're all fucking students. lawyers. They're all fucking oh, bad lawyers. News. Bad okay. news. He all shares right. an alma mater with Chris. He went to. He got his JD at Northwestern. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Yeah, okay. Can't escape so, so, law. He can't can't, get, that can't take off yeah, that box untainted that by untainted by the legal system, but I will say um, there is absolutely no chance that he could redirect a Secret Service limousine by lunging towards the wheel because he's he's not getting through that space. He's he, if they can get him in the limousine, I mean, like that's good enough. He's he's trapped. He would be but able he, to kinetically engage his body in such a way to like just bur- burst through. And, and I think get that just from sheer will. I think it would be like a Bane type thing. I think he's wondering what's the purpose of kicking somebody out of a limo that's about to turn over. <laughs> uh, but I honestly uh, think like if he wouldn't even really have to even take it to the people because Biden has no natural constituency. There is nothing but Biden's commands no loyalty. He is just the he's the the uh, weekend at Bernie's corpse that the a particular cadre of Democratic insiders are using. He's the skin man that they wear. So if JB offers them a better deal, they'll absolutely usher him out the door. They'll fucking fill okay. his mouth with pudding and they'll set him down in front of a TV and they'll show him uh, clips from when he used to be president. And he won't know the difference. All right. As, as long as we're as long as OK, now we're the official odds makers here, you know, like it's just purely, purely for intellectual and financial remuneration. Um, let, let me complicate the, uh, the the JB, the JB's rise to, you know, viceroy of, uh, of the upper Midwest of America or whatever, you know, the, the JB Imperium. Let me complicate that. Out there, there's a player on the bench. You know what's coming. Hillary Clinton. Woo! Hillary Clinton. You know, I mean, come on. It's her time. It's the funniest outcome. It, it's her time. It's her time. The, the funniest outcome has guided us the most. I remember it was like, fuck, like. Mid 2015, when when uh, Felix said Biden winning is the funniest outcome, and I think it's going to happen, and then we all convinced ourselves that Bernie had a chance, you know, because of the way it shaked out. But it turns out he was right, right there. Funniest outcome is going to win, and man, Hillary coming back for a fucking rematch and then losing again. Mwah. Okay. Well, like uh, Hillary, if comedy. Hillary, if Hillary won the presidency by like point seven nine points. And then, like, three months in, the Supreme Court's like, yeah, actually, this lawsuit by the Solicitor General of Oklahoma, <laughs> where he wants to kill the president, is okay. And we're going to, we're, <laughs> we're, making, it, we're making it so this guy, named, yeah, yeah, this guy named Kevin Schleegs, who's <laughs> won an election in Oklahoma with 7,000 votes in a Republican <laughs> primary, gets to just shoot Hillary in the head. <laughs> Like he he file he files some he files some lawsuit under like the law that that like Thomas Jefferson used to fight the Barbary pirates and they're like yeah actually no that um it turns out that because uh, Hillary's dad Hillary's dad actually went to Morocco and the Merchant Marines this guy can actually kill her because it's uh, it's the state's jurisdiction to kill the Barbary pirates and we have no reason to believe that she isn't one and he's just going to shoot her directly in the skull on the White House lawn. And no. then you, it will be the most fundraising emails ever. <laughs> It'll be like Nancy Pelosi will still be speaker. It'll be like, Felix, my heart is racing. When I heard that they're killing an American president legally, I thought <laughs> we need to get out and vote this midterm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like the entire, the full court response is Bill Maher, like showing clips of, Repu- of like Mitch McConnell in 2018 being like, I would never, I don't think it's ever right to use laws meant to fight the Barbary pirates to kill a president. And they're like, oh, well, 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 what about, what about that? Okay. Um, looks like you, looks like you said that. Well, I mean, uh, it, it, it's hilarious though, but like, I mean, it's, it's, it's not too far off because I mean, like with the Supreme Court now, like 
anything they want to do, they're going to do. I mean, like, because, nope. you know, we, we, we talked about Roe v. Wade. EPA, bye-bye. Uh, yeah, Roe v. Wade, like, that, like, that's the huge one. And, like, it's something that, like, you know, a lot of people thought was, like, unthinkable. But now, I mean, like, just in this term, uh, gun control, that's gone. Like, you can now, you can now conceal carry in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> which is going to be great. Um, uh, EPA, yeah, it just not just the EPA, but the ramifications of this are the entire administrative state. The the ability of the executive branch through uh, you yeah. know cabinet positions to regulate any aspect of I don't know the amount of poison that you breathe or drink in water that's gone, and then along with everything else that, that entails as well. Um, prayer in school, prayer it's in back, pr- prayer in public school, and that that's now allowed. I love and then, the and, and as you talked in the next in the next term. The uh, the very real possibility that they will just decide that state legislatures get to decide who wins the presidential. Gotta election say, in it's very hard for me to understand why they took that case if they weren't intending to fucking uh, to affirm it. Because this is not a question that otherwise anyone would entertain. You know, unless they're they're fucking it and being legends. And I think everybody, and this includes myself, who at any point in their life ever entertained the you know game theory fucking. Uh, 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 ninth dimensional chess i'm a really smart canny political operator thought of well the Demo- republicans will never overturn roe because then that eliminates it as a mobilizing tool that's so that was a smart take that a lot of people had and that i entertained several times and what it really overlooks is that yeah you're thinking like a democrat democrats don't actually believe anything or want to accomplish anything republicans actually represent like throughout its entire corpus up to supreme court justices a coherent set of policies moving towards a goal, which means that when you get them in a position like the Supreme Court, they're not going to think tactically. They're going to think about a longer term project that they have fucking dedicated their life. Well, to. also, well, also, like, there's no point. I mean, like, the 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 necessity of thinking tactically goes out the fucking window when you get a, get to essentially decide who wins elections and who doesn't and who can vote. Indeed. That's the thing is that they're always assuming the Democrat. The reason the other thing behind that is you lose a mobilizing tool and those Democrats, they're going to really organize against you. And now they're going to have an advantage there. And it's like not if you just change how voting works. I mean, look, if you if you if you look, look, if you interpret the law through the deeply rooted traditions of the, the American history. And by deeply rooted, I mean, like in a country that's about 100 years old, you know, right. Deeply rooted. If you live in a major urban area. You are now a Barbary pirate. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> you, are, you, are now, you, you are now you are now subject to piracy law. And you, oh, you think you could certainly vote in a, a vote in a fucking presidential election? Are you crazy? We don't let pirates vote. They're, they're doing piracy. <laughs> they're doing privateering. <laughs> and not without the flag of any country. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, this idea that there's going to be some sort of like, I mean, I mean, it just it, it, it puts the absolute hopelessness to like, OK, vote now more than ever. And I guess yeah. like, maybe there is some. There's some truth to that because it may be the last time you're allowed to do so. Indeed. I mean, the thing is, like, I, you can't get mad at, the, at a certain point. If you're mad at the Democrats for saying well, don't vote or just go and vote, it means that you were expecting something else to happen, that you had some belief that in its deepest reserves, when pressed to a real like moment of truth, that the Democrats could rise to an occasion like you had that belief. And that's OK, but you have to accept that that's what that was and that now you're realizing the truth that was always there, which is that. They will not do anything. They can not do anything except ask you to donate and vote. That's what they What is the other option? The kind of, as we talked about, the kind of escalation that we are all demanding, oh, uh, pack the court, whatever the fuck, uh, uh, use the National Guard to enforce uh, uh, the opening of, of abortion clinics. It's like they, to do that, they would have to engage the populace, which they can't do. And, they're, and because of that, they think it would they would lose and they would be annihilated so out of self-preservation they will do nothing other than stare into the headlights like deer and if you expect anything else from them from now on then you're just willfully like re-enchanting yourself so that you can think somewhere in your heart yes voting will make a difference because maybe something will happen some change will occur that will reveal that oh yeah these people actually the the grinch did have a heart the whole time yeah i mean if we're gonna take the last three major rulings right which are uh or the ones that people are upset about at least and rightfully so i mean roe v wade uh the states don't have to have presidential elections and the deconstruction of the administrative state what is that telling you that's telling you that one side of american politics is they're not just saying 
let's kill the golden goose. They're saying we're killing the golden goose because it's out of eggs. Yeah. There's nothing left. There's no future. Yeah. We're going to squeeze the last bits of pulp out of the orange and then mm-hmm. throw the rind at you because fuck you. Yeah. It's and then we're going to have it's yeah, yeah, it's not encouraging. It's not encouraging. And the Democrats aren't good enough performers to go up there and say, no, the goose still has a little bit in it. Yeah. No, let's keep this goose going. Yeah, like, no, we're really useful for you. The Democratic Party as a as a dance partner, we're doing so much for you. And they realize, no, you are no you have no institutional legitimacy in any sense. So we can just take all of this and then they will. And the thing is, if you're scared, if you're really scared of that in like a hopeless sense of like, this is the apocalypse, this is going to be the end of the world or the handmaid's tale. Uh, it's because you fundamentally have no faith in people. You know what I mean? Because your assumption is that when things get really bad, not just the Democratic Party will be frozen and unable to do anything, but that every other person who like makes up the, the country is going to act the same way. And that I don't think is true. I think everyone else's the, the, the mass of people's relationship to these institutions is absolutely different than the, 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 the relationship that uh, the Democratic Party officials and apparatchiks have with that party. It's like if anyone saw crimes of the future. It's Indeed. like the fucking bed that like the, the, the cyber, the, uh, the bio bed that was like made out of skin and that you, and that you're, uh, connected to by tubes. Like they, they are, they're stuck in a, in this paradox where action destroys where they are either way. And so they just don't act. That's not true of everybody else. We all have lives that don't depend on the democratic party fundraising, uh, sp- spigot for, for survival and things are going to get worse for a lot of us very quickly and we're going to have the native instinct to resist and that's going to get the question is what institutions are going to be built up apart from the democratic party in this crisis moment that can channel and and uh, resonate that energy when it occurs like by the way if you have faith that people are, are are people then you can't be too scared of what's coming because my god at least it will be a change because the thing that just drives me crazy about about the the people freaking out about this this whole trend and just screaming at the Democrats to do anything is that okay the Democrats do right the ship and they they take power uh, and they hold power and they they stave off this fascism it's not going to be because they did the stuff you want them to do like pack the courts as we've said they can't do that it'll be because for the time being there's enough suburbanites comfortable enough to not want to do this and to kind of push the Democrats in the very short term uh, uh, up the ladder enough electorally to fend them off. What does that accomplish? How does that change the conditions of collapse that we're in to have the Democrats sticking around, to have four more years of Brandon? You're not as preventing anything. You're only uh, extending the, the, this period of just sta- static decline where there is a slow motion apocalypse where no one is recognizing it, a condition where people are forced to recognize what's happening is a completely different dynamic. And all of this stuff that makes us feel completely frozen would not apply. And at a certain point, you have to not be afraid of that or try to uh, uh, pretend it's not a possibility because it will only drive you to neurotic distraction trying to, fan- to figure out a fantasy uh, escape hatch. That does not exist, which is exemplified, I think, most by people who scream at Democrats to do something. And in terms of, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, how much worse everyone's life is going to get. I mean, like, we, you know, we've we've referenced it before, but we might as well, you know, talk about it again now. Uh, like what, what it's not going to just stop at abortion, like your, yeah. your right to have a legal abortion. I mean, like right. uh, the Texas attorney general has already said that, like, if they overturn um, Lawrence v. Texas, uh, like they will enforce a sodomy ban. I mean, like, you know, like it will become illegal to be gay, gay marriage. That's probably go- that's going away. Um, the right, you know, contraception. Um, and then, like, in addition to that, the ability to, I don't know, not breathe and drink poison. But like, hey, you know, what's interesting. You know, it's going to be kept. You know, it's going to be completely left unscathed by this assault on, like, you know, actual like state authority. Uh, the police, the police state. Oh, yeah. Like that's if anything, that's going to be ramped up to just pick yes. over the fucking carcass of everyone left in the fucking maw of just, you know, total collapse and abandonment. Yeah, I mean, that's where it's, it's just, this is not the state being uh, uh, pruned away by, like, small government enthusiasts. That's how people uh, fantasize about it. But, like, the real action is just a, a movement of public 
uh, investment away from everything else and to uh, enforcement and to uh, militarization of the domestic space. And, and you that, know what? That is, like, that's and, that's the, the flow of uh, funding we're talking about. That's the policies. That's the actual undercurrent that's going on. Yeah, and we like the forces of capital have to have that because it's impossible to create like an SA in America. You yeah. know, you're not going right, to get exactly. two million hardened ideological war veterans who nope. even lived in a time where there was an, any idea of community as anything but an abstraction in America. Yeah. So you have got to be you a have job. To, you, have to, you have to keep shifting the resources so you're able to pay these guys two hundred thousand dollars a year. Exactly. It has to be a middle class job. It cannot be some sort of uh, of of life. Uh, purpose like it was for for the SA because that kind of yeah like a uh, uh, mystical uh, sense of identity uh, traumatized by war doesn't exist it's just pure hyper individualized narcissism I'm yeah, not well, do I'm not going to kill all those uh, demonstrators unless you give me a 500 square foot house that looks like a McDonald's play place in the suburbs yeah no I mean we're uh, we we really are the fourth Reich but you know. Mm. Because we're we're the evolution of the form, yeah. We're, our, we're our, the fourth uh, meal Reich. Yes, we're the fourth meal Reich. <laughs> our 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 Ernst Rome is like uh, Melanie Griffith at the start of Cecil B. Demented. <laughs> I'm not even getting out of my trailer for under yeah. two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Well, wow, that, that was a good pull there. I didn't really, the John John Waters movie. I feel like. Oh, I like. I, I really like. I for some reason I watched that movie when I was like eleven, and I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always stuck with me. I don't know why. It's, well, it's funny. It's funny with Felix because you know everybody has that where there's a handful of weird movies that nobody else really remembers that made an impact on you. The thing is, for Felix, that's it. He doesn't have all the other ones that everybody else watched. <laughs> <laughs> he just has the random weird ones. <laughs> Gattaca, Gattaca, Gosford Park. Yeah. Well, that no, one is a bad one. That one is a trauma. That's a bad one. That's a trauma. I saw that too early. I saw that too early. I was too young to see it. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I like. Yeah. There are two types of good movies. There are movies where, um, yeah, action movie where with five thousand on screen deaths and. Uh, a movie like uh, Worst Person in the World. Yeah, I was astonished that you happened. liked that movie, Felix. I really, I loved it. I thought it was like a <laughs> mate. Well, you know how I, you know how I feel about. Like, yeah, no, I guess, nor- I guess yeah, it's like not that surprising. Yeah, well, I love like Northern European art, where the point of the the point of it is like, you know, life is inherently bad and embarrassing and maybe pointless, but you have to assign some meaning to it. Like you have to perform some purpose. Like if you make if you make an excruciatingly long thing about that, I'm gonna love it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, just something I've been thinking about as long as we're talking about living in the the fourth meal Reich is I've been thinking a lot about um, recently. Um, something uh, Vincent Bevins said on this show when uh, Matt and I interviewed him about the uh, the Jakarta method, and what, one of the things he said is that like had the Nazis won the war, instead of having the Holocaust Museum, you would have the Museum to the Victims of Judeo Bolshevism. Yes, and like I'm just thinking about that in terms of like just like just as as this culture war shit ramps up, and it's just like whether it's like you know uh, CRT or cancel culture, it's just like this like. Uh, the state is now empowered to like viciously surveil, oppress, and police minority groups. Whether you're trans, whether you're not white, whether you're an immigrant, whether you're gay, whether you're a woman, which is not even a minority group because that's like half, more than half the fucking country. But like, but all like all this authority and this evil is accrued to them because like it's Matt, like you were saying, like like uh, you you need the like oh like there's some irregularities in voting. Like you need like yeah. it, 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 this concerted effort to like convince everyone that like actually it's their lives that are under threat. That like yeah. justifies, you know, the state taking away uh, the ch- the children of gay couples, or you know, um, uh, d- denying uh, health care to trans people, yeah. or you know, just like it just I don't know, just putting people in fucking camps. I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean, like, it, I, it just it, it 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 you need to convince people that like the the ones stuffing people into train cars are the ones who are threatened by the people uh, right. who are their victims. And I th- some people have trouble with that, like the the way that the, uh, that uh, the sort of you know reactionary. Uh, movement the way it's uh, it's totally cynical you can tell by its actions that there's no actual adherence to any larger values but then they insist anyway on doing these legalistic things that they wouldn't have to and you're like well who are they doing that for and I think it's because anybody at the very top of like this sort of 
system that is so you know monstrously evil uh or anybody who like is is rooting for it and trying to make it uh totally dominant like they know they're lying when they talk about their values but they don't know that everyone else is lying amongst their group because you know they're all we're all strangers to each other at the end of the day so they're adhering to something that they think maybe other people even amongst their group actually do believe in and so they're all bluffing in the same direction. And that means they have to do things to convince themselves, not even in the moment, but later for when they tell themselves why they did what they did. And they build their museums to the victims of Judeo-Bolshevism. There has to be a story they can tell where they are justified at every point. I mean, I'm just thinking about like, you know, under the, the new like Florida public school laws about like the don't say gay bill. Like if a student comes out to a teacher or even if a teacher finds out a student is gay, they're now legally compelled to tell that student's parents. Yeah. They're, in, in addition to like, if you're gay, you're not allowed to have photos of your family um, in your, in, you know, at, at, on your on your desk or whatever. And by the way, I'm, I'm astonished by like the reaction to this, but, like uh, so, so many angry people being like, when I was a kid, we had no idea if our teachers were married or not or whether they had any lives. I was just like, uh, that is not true. I have a very deep and, and uncomfortable memory of sitting on the floor of my third grade, grade class while my teacher uh, broke down in tears and explained that she was getting a divorce. <laughs> what, Senator man, that is a fucking that is a fucking tree of life memory if i ever heard it oh it was that she had like big blurry square glasses and yeah oh taking them off and rub oh god is your dad matt damon holy shit <laughs> let's edit in a dinosaur dying at the start of this episode <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but i mean like we look we like we 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 know who the who the targets of these people are yeah. And like, and like I said, like they're they're not going to stop here. They're not going to mm-hmm. stop here. Because, and like, and if anything, like the, the 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 groups of people that will be included in in their 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 victims is only going to expand. More and more people are going to be included. Yeah, because in they the, can't you know, stop. Like that was another of a big uh, mistakes of anybody who thought, oh, they'll never, they'll always dangle Roe, they'll never overturn it, uh, is because that ima- that imagines that like once they get there, there will be some satiation. Like there isn't going to be another uh, mountain to climb, another fantasy utopia to attain by just a little more, just a little more repression and a little more control there. Yeah, they can't give it up. And that means it has to be at someone's expense. And, you know, like and and this and and this also gives the lie to the thing we talked about uh, last episode, which is like these uh, the fucking the, the fantasy or fucking marketing job that people are doing now that like, oh, like now that abortion is illegal, the GOP is going to make it easier for young couples to buy a home yeah. or, you know, <laughs> oh, my God, I, 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 I literally I saw a piece I saw a piece and, and was like one of those sort of like magazines for closeted Catholic guys called like, you know, dysentery or uh, compact or something yeah. like that. It was just like, yeah, like he was like. The biggest obstacle to starting a family is owning a home because everyone needs a home. It's, it's like a kind of psychic and economic rock to, you know, uh, you know, uh, to build a life around. And people will uh, delay uh, starting families or having children without a home. So, like, obviously, this is a chance for, like, the pro-family party to make it easier for young people to become homeowners. Yeah. It's like that. That's that. Is, that look, these these people don't want to do that. No, well, yeah, it's it's like, all right, first of all, you have the fact that all these people who are saying, well, now that we've got abortion banned, we will refocus our efforts on making sure that the children who are born have decent lives. It's like nothing was stopping you from doing that before. It's like, I'm sorry. Yes, abortion's bad. But if you really cared about any of the, that stuff, you would have raised a peep. And yes, there has been like the, a consistent, like very mild demand for uh, for social welfare, uh, like on the uh the right wing, but it is always just absolutely smothered by the center of gravity of the party, which has no fucking time for any of that bullshit, which has marked all of that kind of expenditure off of the ledger. It is no longer possible. So you can pine for it and you can convince Rubes at the Atlantic or fucking Ross Douth that, that you're going to push for it. And even if you do, though, you will not have influence within the party because you were part of this coalition for that reason. But everybody, the, the rest of it has other fucking uh, interests, which are much more salient than yours are. So they're going to keep focusing on doing what they're doing, which is 
they'll go along. They'll, they'll give you the offer. Okay. You can keep pushing for some, uh, uh welfare or something that you're not going to get and just be frustrated and alienated, or you can join us in the fight to go further, to ban contraception, to prevent uh, people from crossing state lines, to acquire an abortion, all these loopholes that are still going to exist. What about a national ban? There's, that's going to be a siren call for anybody who gets off on this, which everybody does if they're fucking caring about these kind of issues. That entire that entire act has always been funny to me. And the fact that it's gotten money in the past few years, I mean, I guess the point of putting money behind that is like, you know, hey, if you're only playing with house money, why not try? Why not try to get some like Bernie cast off some incredibly dissatisfied people who are uh they didn't really have a lot of experience in this thing before. And this is their first time losing, losing really fucking bad, losing something you should have won. Maybe they'll come over to this side. Um, it just, it's so funny because it has less of a future out of literally anything in American politics. Literally Elizabeth Warrenism has more of a future than this yeah. fucking national conservatism idea. This is not where things are tilting. This is really, no. this is not where things are going. And even the people who are, they've, they've chosen as the leaders of the movement, like Blake Masters, are going out there and going, no, we're privatizing Social Security. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Half, yeah. People, half the people in the movement are like, no, we're killing the golden goose. We have to kill the goose. Or yeah, like, there's uh, no more future for any of these fantasies that there's a national government that's going to distribute uh, uh, services to anybody. It is it is a it is a violence administrator on behalf of a privatized sphere that you have to fucking live in and get get in there and good fucking luck. And the homeownership thing is especially funny when you consider the fact that like firms like BlackRock are currently buying yeah. every single single every single family house that's on the market at once. Yeah. And are going to basically create a, a you know, a new kind of like serfdom in this country. So there will be no more home ownership for anyone. Yeah. Forget that like, was oh, always the middle, the middle class. Like, no, like, like everyone will be paying them for the privilege of continuing to be alive. And to the extent that course, you're allowed to continue to be alive will be determined by how useful you are to them and their goals. And what's crazy, not whether you have a family and not, not whether you, uh, you know, want to uh, 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 start some kind of like, I don't know, like 1950s nuclear family fucking fantasy about, you know, oh, like a, a strong labor protections and, you know, home ownership and, uh, you know, and, and large families. Like that's not going to be the reality that this that this will create. Like you said, Matt, the reality. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think. I, I think the average American womb will be able to bear point uh, seven five children in the yeah. next forty years. Well, between, certainly like, after this EPA bet- ruling. Yeah, between the EPA shit and everything else. Yeah, no, that is again, like we've said, like the American infant is going to be the new Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, uh, the thing with the. Um, with the home ownership, though, and this is like the great irony and why we're, we're so incapable of addressing this crisis, even though it gets worse every moment, is that the people who are being most affected psychically by this disinheritance, by this loss of middle class uh, homeowner status, uh, are roughly the center of gravity of the Republican Party voters, the people who are electing to uh, dismantle democracy on behalf of this uh, chimerical culture war vision. Uh, and it's because they're experiencing the death of democracy because the promise of democracy was always you will have a say if you own land. Like that was always that was always the premise, even as the expansion as the franchise expanded. It was always uh, managed towards that being the the ideal voter, being a home and property owner, not a renter. And th- th- there was a lot of effort spent to keep that the case. And but now even those people who have given legitimacy to all the American institutions that turn people into nationalists and make them want to save some, cons- uh, some like cultural conception of America and that direct them towards, you know, right wing politics uh, are having that democracy taken out from under them. Even if they have a home, they probably don't feel secure in it. Uh, and, and because they're seeing their neighbors do uh, fall and they're responding the only way they can through their, their, the, the cultural, vocabulary that they've been given as people who uh occupy a certain demographic niche that is then uh that is then marketed towards and so all we can get is this this monstrous suicide pact between the two parties uh because no one can act politically from the center it can only be from the from the working class but they're sadly even less organized and that's the real problem is that there's no counterweight to this 
I mean, I, uh, another thing I've been thinking about uh, over the past uh, week or a couple of days is uh, a line from uh, William Burroughs on his uh, the, the Seven Souls sort of Road to the Western Lands album where he says, uh, after describing the atomic bomb as like uh, an electromagnetic disruption that like uh, basically annihilates souls, like even after death. But uh, at the time he says is like, you know, uh, uh, look at this penal colony that you were in, that we are all in. It is a, it is a, like, you know, look at this prison. It is a, it is a penal colony that is now a death camp. Like, and then he says, desperation is raw material for drastic change. Mm -hmm. And like, Matt, like this is to your point at the beginning of the show, uh, that like all, like, you know, the, the hopelessness is predicated on the idea that, that people essentially can't do anything or won't, yeah. or, or rather not can't, won't do anything. Right. Won't do anything. But you know, like I, I, I truly do believe that the, the vast majority of people in this country do not want to live in a society like this. They do not want to live in a society where women are put in jail for getting pregnant. They do not want to live in a society where gay people are, you know, imprisoned or worse just for being who they are. They do not want to live in a society where, you know, uh, you know, corporations can just freely dump poison into into the water you drink. But, the pro but for them to be able to express that meaningfully, they're going to have to break with their faith in the Democratic Party. Yes. And, and the, the thing good that news Bur is it's happening. And the thing that Burroughs says right after desperation is raw material for drastic change is only those who can leave behind everything they once believed in stand a hope of escape. Ding, ding, ding. And that is it. It is like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a violent process and it's a scary one. But we are in the process now of having to, by necessity, yeah abandon everything that we that was once held to be true or that was felt good to believe in yep people say oh the democrats aren't gonna save us and it's like a lot of people want to be like i told you so they want to relitigate 2016 because it feels good but at the, it doesn't fucking matter what matters is do people make that a productive realization or do they look around see that there's nothing they could do or there's no there's no energy uh and then deciding to memento themselves and go back to yelling at the Democrats. And that's not going to come up to whether they're good people or not. It's going to, whether, going to come up to whether they have the opportunity to express those emotions, that desire for change, uh, uh, productively. And they can only do that when they're not looking at the Democrats because they are the last ballast holding back any kind of coherent political response to the moment. And, you know, like, I mean, it's just like how sustainable, like how, like how stable... And how much of a future is a country the size of ours in which essentially 30% of the population has an absolute veto and authority over yeah. everyone else? And it's just there, a question there, of like, how long, how long will people continue to follow a law until that yeah. so many people break it that it becomes totally unenforceable? I mean, then we get back to the thing about, you know, how the police state continues to, you know, expand its power while everything else is stripped away from like the functions of government. It's true. Like... The only thing we got is, is potentially is numbers because the institutions are all uh, at this point uh, programmed and they cannot be, uh, that programming can't be overwritten. They're going to have to be confronted from outside. And that means without a lot of those institutional uh, benefits, like the organizational capacity and the technology uh, and you know, the, the uh, well-compensated mercenary uh, motivation to dole out violence. Uh, but a lot of people still, though. We got a lot of humans. And, and when they come together, they multiply each other's abilities. That's, that's always been the only hope we've had. It's just before there, there were institutions that we could imagine could embody that. And we're now at the end point of that where I think even except for the most deluded and most you know, uh, self-motivated, uh, they can't look at the Democratic Party as anything than, than what it always was, which was the millstone around the neck of the American working class. It was, a, it was a chain that was forged before the American working class came into existence, and then it just was placed around its neck and then grew around it like a fucking, like a dog collar, like digging into the flesh. And now it's just necrotic. It's got to go. If a, 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 another cause for optimism, I think, is going back a little bit to what we were talking about, how cops function as the American essay. Well, what does that tell you? What does it tell you that they have to they've had to allocate so many resources that they have to pay the yes. American S.A. two hundred thousand dollars a year? Yep. The inherent mercenary nature of everyone holding up the columns of these institutions. They are that's huge. Just like the people that J.B. could pay. They yep. are just they're one paycheck away. And if they're one paycheck away, 
they're going to give up a lot easier than actual asset. Absolutely. You saw those Uvalde pigs just standing around like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't think I signed up for me to get in danger. <laughs> I, I signed up to put other people in danger. Thank you very much. Uh, any prospect of like, oh, yeah, no, you're not going to uh, get to do whatever you want and then, you know, go home like this is this is real conflict. I think a lot of them are going to be like, uh, I don't think I have got it in me to do this. Yeah. That is just the cops. It's everyone else, too. It's everyone else. Yep. It's not even yes. like a G. Gordon Liddy. There is no one in the entire deep state that I would consider nope. like a true believer. And no here, here's, here's another here's another else. here's another aspect to it. Like outside, like I'm talking, like whatever, whatever, whatever percentage of the population of this country is truly wedded to an idea of like genocidal fascist terrorism and punishment and like you know, uh, like white supremacy, just like true neo-Nazi ideology. That segment of the population is are the weakest cowards and babies imaginable. It's, it's These are astounding. not people. I mean, like I, it, it, it is. Their, their beliefs are frightening and disturbing, but they themselves personally are not. And not only are there a tiny, there are very, very few of them as compared to everyone else. They are individually to a person, bitch made cowards who should be, who we, if we, you know, could be walked over easily. And then another thing like about the cops, I saw a story today right before we came on about how the U.S. military is now no longer requiring a high school diploma to join the fucking army because of how bad their recruiting has been going. Dude, Nobody is motivated to fight for this shit. And the people no. who are motivated to fight for it are fucking ants. They could be wiped aside well, yeah. easily. That they purchase courage. Like that's why, as as Felix said, like it has to be an incredible outlay of money to get people to actually do anything other than just post or flex like uh impotently. Like to put rubber to the road and even deal out violence, let alone uh, potentially absorb it, you have to pay well. And uh, the system's ability to dole out treats is, as we're seeing, under significant stress that it is also incapable of addressing. Can I give a quick anecdote to uh, illustrate the uh, cops are cowards uh, thing, which is that uh, in, in real life practice, I watched this uh, reality show called Alone, which is a survival show. They take a bunch of people to a remote place, drop them off with minimum gear. Last person survived gets $100,000. Every season, there is a cop as one of the contestants. And every season, his first interview is something along the lines of, I think my tactical training and environmental knowledge and, uh, you know, use uh, of uh, adrenaline in my daily job is going to give me the tactical edge here. And every season on like the first night in the wilderness, you hear the sound of a wolf in the distance. And the next morning he taps out saying, yeah, I came here to be a predator, not prey. Uh, uh, great show. Worth watching. But, but, but before... Before anybody runs out, I was like, oh, great. Let's go fight the cops. That energy that we're talking about, like the, the energy to say, no, we want something different and, and its ability and the willingness of people to, to, to fight for it. It's not going to mean anything unless people can organize their activity and organize that energy so that it could be applied like collectively and not just wasted in personal private uh, rage, just smashing against the rocks. So as much as there's like this desire to fantasize about some sort of apocalyptic confrontation, the task really in front of everyone is the most boring one possible. And that yes. is talking to fucking people enough to build the durable institutions of, of coordination that can make energy uh, challengeable, ch channelable and, and, uh, and a force. If you live in precarity, if you live in the American working class, You've already done something harder than fight the cops or die for yes. the cops or do any of this. You have made it through up until this point. You've made it through adulthood. You've so you've presumably survived every day of adulthood and your childhood in the in this country that uh, at an increasing rate is ambivalent to it. That is the hard part. In in the literal sense, that is the hardest thing you'll do. In a figurative sense, in the sense that it is unfamiliar to you the hardest thing you'll do will be to talk to your fellow man. Yes. Live this thing that has been an abstraction for probably your entire life, which is Absolutely. the sense of community togetherness and lack of self in America. That is right. going to be the scariest and most unfamiliar thing for Americans. But the hard part is being done every day. Absolutely. And, uh, like we're enduring. I mean, we don't endure anything. We're a fucking little V. Right. We're, we're media pussies. We're yeah. media pussies. Uh, but for the people who actually have to live out there in these streets, like you are experiencing the thing that we are fucking terrified of <laughs> every day of your life. Yeah. Uh, and, and 
you know, it is, and it's the scariest thing and the most alien thing to try to change anything because any change feels like it has to be a change for the worse, given what everything is. But the whole point of, of, of uh, like taking the leap of faith towards organization and community is that that doesn't have to be true, you know, and then and- even, even if you don't get your horizon that you're working for, the very act of working for it changes your life. It makes it worth living and robs a lot of the, the, the misery of its capability to like really drag you down the way that it does when you yeah. are just feeling powerless. There's a reason that every single force in American life has been trying to keep you from talking to your fellow man. Yeah. Every with everything on every side under yep, every partisanship, the under only everything. unified message that you're getting is don't trust or talk to anybody else. They might have a thousand faces with a bunch of any kind of flavor uh, of opinion that might strike your demographic fancy. But the underlying message in all of them is you can't trust anybody else. There's no reason to to uh, suffer the gaze of another person. Have you guys ever noticed? Somebody pointed out that uh, that there's always um, like there's a million different delivery companies that deliver food in New York, right? Like the most walkable city in America. And there's always bus subway ads for them, like Grubhub and, and fucking uh, Postmates or whatever. And not only are all of the, uh, all of the text is about like how, oh, s- stay home. Uh, don't, don't go out. Don't talk to anyone. Get, get food. Like that's what they all mean. Every picture where they actually have somebody eating, it's always a person alone. It's never <laughs> yeah. like a yeah. couple of people, like fa- yeah. a family or friends eating. And like the way like 80s, I hate to sound like the perfume nationalist, but the way that <laughs> 80s ads would be like a family enjoying a hot dogs or something. Here, it's just one person on their couch, just just rapturously consuming a fucking bowl of ramen. Uh, but, to, you know, to, to go back to, you know, what we were saying, Matt, like uh, about like, you know, p- people who, who, who are directing their rage at the Democratic Party for not doing something. And then you mm-hmm. can switch out the Democratic Party for uh, Bernie Sanders, socialism, the DSA, all these things that have failed to protect us, have failed to stop this nightmare from happening. And, you know, there's a lot that's right and wrong about that. I mean, you can like it, but it's, it's, it's irrelevant at this point. It's irrelevant mm-hmm. because the, the truly scary thing means that if the Democrats are like all the or socialism or, you know, whatever you hoped for, whatever you once believed in would protect you, isn't going to do that, then that means you have to do it. Mm-hmm. That means you have to do it and you can't do it alone. And this, I said it over and over again, but when it comes to like, you know, the, the, the very real fear that I think people have of like living under this kind of authoritarianism, fascism, tyranny, whatever you want to call it, that, that system's ability to propagate itself and to terrify you depends on how afraid you are to say no and how often you can say no but you can't say it by yourself Mm -hmm. every time like you just you simply refuse to submit regardless of the consequences but you need to do that like knowing that whatever sacrifice you make or whatever you may suffer as a result of it is shared by other people and like i said like the numbers are on the side of right and enough people just need to say no to stop participate to stop consenting to the treatment that we're being given and the only yeah and as as, and how do you make that happen the boring scary alienating work not of 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 risking it of of risking uh 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 the the vulnerability implicit in trying to trust uh people who are often strangers because we've been taught to not do that that that's like impossible but it really is it's possible it's out there i i don't have anything more to say yeah i think that covers yeah, me it. neither meanwhile we'll i'll be in our uh, big four poster bed sleeping side by side with uh, <laughs> scrooge caps on <laughs> <laughs> okay gentlemen till next time oh wait uh okay after, after that show, I should probably plug our, our live show. In, uh, yeah, talk about community. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Come to the Aladdin Theater on August 4th. Leaving uh, your house. <laughs> uh, tickets available at chapotraphouse.com slash live. We'll be also there, be there for the, uh, the music festival. But, you know, if you're in Portland this August, uh, come on out. Come on out to see us. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some fun. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen. Until uh, next time, bye-bye. 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 Look at the prison you are in. We are all in. 
This is a penal colony that is now a death camp. Place to the second and final death. Desperation is raw material drastic change. Only those who can leave behind everything they have ever believed in can hope to escape. Don't intend to be there when this shit house fills up. Nothing here now but the recordings. Shut them off. They are as radioactive as an old joke.